This is GKW. Welcome to another edition of Good Karma Wrestling. I'm Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee, from ESPN West Palm. Brian Rowitz, no Jonathan Hood this week. He's on assignment, but... If you really miss Jay Hood's wrestling takes, make sure you listen to Sirius XM's Busted Open Radio coming up on Sunday. That gets going at 9 a.m. Eastern, goes till noon. Uh, again, Sirius XM Busted Open Radio on Sunday with Jonathan Hood. Where we begin as we are on the road to WrestleMania and continue to try to make sense of some of the mess that's been going on, they're, they're trying to do a good job of piecing it all together. Um, but there's still a lot of mystery over, okay, we know what one of the main events is. Yes. We all know we have Cody. We've got Roman. That was decided last Thursday. We did the emergency pod just hours after you guys were done recording last week, which again, somehow feels like it was already a month ago. Right. Uh-huh. But I mean, maybe what, what is going to end up being the other main events? What is closing out? I guess in you really fantasy book this, Maybe Cody Roman ends night one. Who knows what ends up on night two? But what is the second WrestleMania main event in your mind, Brian? Because I think you have. There are a number of different ways you can mm-hmm. do it. Well, let's start with what you sort of said there. Night two is the real main event, right? Like that's yes. what we're getting Roman Cody. That's where the rocks gonna somehow be involved. That's night two, right? Maybe. Maybe. Yes. That's the main event. That's how you end the show. You can convince me that that's night one, and then you get The Rock actually in the ring on night two. Okay, but I guess that's the one exception to the rule. And then I, and if they don't announce it, all right, I'll let you have that one. In terms of the second Mania main event, I think we've always assumed, and obviously plans have changed a lot the last few weeks, that it was going to be Punk and Rollins for the other world title, as we call it. We still don't know if Rollins is healthy. We're going under the assumption that Rollins is healthy and can work a main main event. But that's an assumption at this point. That's all we know at this point, right? Like, that's it. Yes. We can't, we cannot for with 100% certainty book on that. Seriously, I'm I'm sitting here crossing my fingers in hopes that please stay healthy because I'll tell you what, Seth Rollins got one of the best promos in his career. On Monday night, it was a spectacular promo that he gave with Cody Rhodes standing beside him in the ring. So I'm hoping he can go again. I just can't say with a hundred, like I'm assuming he's going to be able to good, be able to be good enough to go. And in a world where not that long ago, Cody Rhodes was able to smoke his mirror away through a match with Seth Rollins with yeah. a, with a torn pectoral muscle. My <laughs> guess is they could at least smoke and mirrors a match enough. If Seth isn't 100%. So in terms of that title picture, Elimination Chamber starting to come together. We already know Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, Bobby Lashley, LA Knight for the six participants. The other two will be decided this week, Miz or Logan Paul and KO versus Dom Dom. None of those names excite me to main event a WrestleMania. Drew McIntyre has been on an amazing run. He's been on Mm -hmm. one hell of a run. We've talked about it might be the best story going on Raw right now. But we've seen that interaction with Seth. We've seen those matches. We've seen Drew come up short. I would expect him to do the same. To me, the other Mania main event I want to see is Rhea and Becky. Rhea Ripley deserves some sort of reward for the work she has put in carrying Monday Night Raw, being the face of Monday Night Raw, and doing everything she's done. And that's no knock on Rollins because he's been that workman also. But those two, Becky and Rhea, getting a chance to close the WrestleMania, that's well-deserved for both of them. 
Yeah, that so in terms of what they've kind of been lining up, and Becky gave a great promo. Yeah. Again, not shocking. She gave a great promo um, again on Monday Night Raw. So in terms of the ones that seem to be in the hopper, I would say yes, that should be the other main events. Like, especially because Becky has that. And honestly, I think Becky would be putting Rhea over in that situation. Sure. I, you know, and I think that that would be fantastic for Becky to go into another main event of WrestleMania, put Rhea over, keep, continue to establish her as one of the top stars. And then you really get a build going, I think, for next year where you could go Rhea versus Bianca Belair, who are kind of that next generation of this yeah. women's division. But honestly, the thing that I think excites me the most at this point is, as I mentioned, you do Roman versus Cody night number one. Okay. And night number two is Rock versus Cody. Because at this point, the thing that was most exciting and yeah. the guy who continues to step up for, and, and I'm really, I mean, I'm not going to miss SmackDown tomorrow night. I can't wait for it because I want to <laughs> see what the dynamic is between Roman and Rock. Because as they've pivoted, which I, I'm a mark. I can raise my hand. I, was I believe I said on this show in our emergency podcast that I did not think this was a pivot. There is more than ample of evidence that this is indeed a pivot. Uh, I think there was even an interview that The Rock did prior to all of this yeah. uh, that just came up today where he said that the reason he was coming back to WrestleMania is Rock versus Roman and the biggest match that you could do at WrestleMania. And yeah, look. <laughs> so, and, and maybe you end up getting there anyway. But I think... After the press conference and going back and watching the press conference again and the way that The Rock is the one who stepped up to Hunter and said, fix it. Mm -hmm. I think we already know who the head of the table is and it ain't Roman. Yeah. It's, it's Dwayne. It's The Rock. And after he slapped Cody Rhodes, after he was the one to step up and defend their family's honor, like I want to see Cody versus Rock more than I want to see Cody versus Roman at this point. So I think you could do something where Cody goes over ends up winning the championship from Roman in night one, and then he just goes on and beats Rock in night two because that's the match I really want to see where Rock, you know, just completely demolishes Roman Reigns, talks down to him in the ring. You can then set up that match for later down the line because I think Rock is going to at least be peripherally around with his his job yeah. with, with, with the TKO board. But Rock versus Cody seems to be, to me, to be where this money actually is that's what I really want to see. He's the one out there calling the Cody fans Cody crybabies. Like, he's the one out there, like, really pushing WrestleMania. And, he, you know, we're getting Rock Heel. He had another long Instagram post where he goes after the Cody crybabies. And there's going to be Cody crybaby merch from all the reports <laughs> out there. So it seems to me that in the matter of one week, we've gone from, well, I guess in the span of two weeks, We've kind of gone from the biggest match that WWE could do at WrestleMania was Rock versus Roman. Then we went to, okay, well, after the way the crowd reacted, I guess the biggest thing we can do is Cody versus Roman. But in reality, the biggest match they can do now is Cody versus Rock because The Rock is the one out there selling everything for the bloodline. Yeah, I completely agree with all that. I mean... The Rumble feels like it's three years ago at this point. Cody winning his second Rumble, Punk getting hurt. That was somehow less than a month ago. So much has happened, and I feel like we can do this show every week up until like three weeks ago. It was like two and a half weeks ago. I know. That's insane. It's that makes only no February 15th. <laughs> right. That makes no sense that we're going to be waking up at 4 a.m. Eastern for an Elimination Chamber next week. 
because that's where we are on this road to WrestleMania. <laughs> I agree. Like Cody versus Rock is far more interesting than Roman versus Cody at this point. And you saw the dynamic of that presser where Roman sort of in that Uso solo role where he is behind the Rock. He is that step back. He's not even with them. Even the side-by-side from a size standpoint, now the Rock looks so much bigger than Roman. Like, there is something to that, and that completely changed the dynamic and cut the legs out from Roman in the last week or so. Well, yeah, so I heard Bully Ray kind of talking about this on Busted Open, mm-hmm. where, you know, the, the the way they're trained, and you know where the hard camera is, and right. Dwayne being Dwayne, you know, the Rock knows where that hard camera is. Right. So at the press conference, when he steps up and he's in front of Roman, like, he naturally, I mean... Hey, I think he's just bigger because yeah. I mean he's he's a brick bleep house at this point. Yeah. Like he's just so massive. But like him stepping in front of the hard camera and making himself look even bigger than Roman in that moment, like I mean, it's it's very obvious to me, and I think it's very obvious to anybody else that that's the real leader of the bloodline now. Yeah. Like it didn't take that long. All they <laughs> had to do was show up, and now he's the one in charge. Not Paul Heyman, not Roman Reigns. It's The Rock. And if this is Cody versus Bloodline, and this is Cody finishing his story, well, part of that story now is getting the, the taste slapped out of your mouth by right. The Rock at a press conference. Like that's a part of the story. So finishing the story to me is not just beating Roman. Because Roman's no longer the lead boss. If this is a video, if we're going to talk about this like a video, right. the Rock is the the Rock is now like the final final boss. In order for you to finish the story, and if you if the WWE's goal is to put Cody over as much as possible, which is where they've kind of pivoted to, there's no bigger way than to be the first double main eventer in WWE history. Yeah, that adds to the Cody's story. The crazy part to me, as we talk through this all, is we have talked for what feels like 27 years about how when Roman eventually loses those titles and is pinned to the mat in a singles match, it's going to be a big deal. It doesn't feel as big anymore. Like, yes, there'll be the historical significance of, hey, he hasn't been pinned since God knows when at this point, but it's just going to be like, all right, well, what about The Rock? What about this? What about, you know, Rollins' involvement? Like, there's so many other things that have trumped the meaningfulness of that. Yeah, but I will say that, again, going back to Seth and the, the promo that he cut, like he provided, you know, he added the sure. sense of urgency to it, the way he was able to deliver that promo of, hey, this may be our last chance. This is this sure. may be our best chance to unseat Roman Reigns as this longest reigning guy of the modern era, right? Like, so I, I thought that Seth and, and they could probably still continue to add, yeah. you know, levels of that over the next month and a half. But still, and again, it, it depends upon how The Rock interacts with Roman and how that all goes. And look, they they could pivot that in the blink of an eye, just like the way they pivoted from Rock Roman to Cody versus Roman, and they can figure out a way to pivot that. Maybe that's possible. But as it stands right now on February 15th, the biggest match they can now do is Cody versus Rock. And again, The the Rock was on the Pat McAfee show a week ago today talking (laughs) about training. So if he's training, he's putting in all that work to get back in the ring. I can't imagine that he's just going to be there to give a rock bottom as, as part of the schmozzy finish that is going, that is every bloodline match at this point. He's going to go in there and rock bottom Cody Rhodes, but then eat, uh, you know, a a, a blackout or whatever they call it. The the stomp from, (laughs) from Seth Rollins, right? Like I just, if he's training, he's actually going to get in the ring and, Again, I don't think we can trust because we know Seth Rollins is defending 
in yeah. one match with the Elimination Chamber. So I don't want to trust, and heck, I don't want to ask Seth Rollins to pull double duty and do a tag match with him versus Cody versus Rock, Rock and Roman. So I, again, I, I just keep coming back to this idea of having Cody be this double main eventer and completely build it around Bloodline versus Cody. I think the other funny part is we've done over 100 episodes of this show. One of our biggest WWE knocks has been as good as the Bloodline story is, the other things are lacking. They haven't built up other stars. They haven't told other stories. And we've complimented Triple H's booking the last few months about some of the stars he's built up, the Drew stuff, the Rhea stuff. But as we talk through this, it's Bloodline here and everyone else below that to the point where you're saying it should be Bloodline in both nights main event and WrestleMania. Like, there's no other story out there. They're like, yeah, they deserve one night of WrestleMania that is now two nights. Maybe if we go to three nights next year, it could be a non-Bloodline main event. Well, and, and as bad, because I've criticized the Bloodline yeah. since last WrestleMania. Agreed. Like, the Bloodline, the Bloodline, and, and that's why, to me, Ro- Cody versus Roman is just a little boring at this sure. point. Sure. Because they didn't, they didn't build anything off of the Bloodline this year. Yeah. To make Cody versus Roman two that more meaningful, right? You could have done Bloodline Civil War. Like Bloodline Civil War is pretty much the only significant thing that they've done. Yeah, and you could have done Bloodline Civil War without the championships, right? right? Like you could have built that of Roman blaming the USO, and, and you you know you kind of do that whole thing, and you continue that Bloodline. But honestly, the Bloodline's now more interesting. Because you added The Rock. Just like The Bloodline was able to really kind of control 2022 into 2023 because of Sami Zayn. Right. Like, with with Roman not around, there's only so much that, as we've seen, Paul Heyman can do. So now, with The Rock involved, the Bloodline becomes interesting again. Because The Rock is one of the most interesting characters in WWE history. And because he's a part of that Bloodline, and now they've had to pivot... So now we have to see what they're going to do with him. So with the rock involved, the bloodline, because the again, it's just like when Cena comes back or any of these guys have come back in the past, the, the rock is one of the biggest stars in WWE history. Yeah, no, He's I, main eventing one of those nights. I, that's the thing. I agree with that. I think that's all fair. But I just looking at the other stuff, like the other wild card out there, I don't know if it's main event, but they put a lot of time into it, is Gunther and that IC title run and the monster they've built him mm-hmm. into. Like, I'm sure we'll get a Smazi finish, but the fact they're doing him and Jay on Monday, I thought that could be a Mania main event, essentially. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, if they do another Smazi finish there and try to like continue yeah. to push that off to Mania, because I, th- I, th- I thought that was the direction they were going yeah. for Mania of main event Jay Uso versus Gunther. Who knows what they end up going there? But yeah, I mean, they do a lot around Gunther. Um, you know, I mean, Logan Paul. They, look, they have built up, especially I would say in the women's division, uh-huh. like. Bailey versus EO. Like Bale, Bailey versus EO probably two or three years ago, probably pre-blood pre-bloodline. You've got a chance of that potentially being a main sure. event. Because I mean, damage control has been such a big part of WWE and their storytelling. So this breakup, which they've teased numerous times, well. but pulled the trigger on it finally. Like I think that's going to be interesting and compelling. How Bailey is able to navigate is Dakota Kai actually on her side? Is Dakota Kai going to be that equalizer of you know Asuka and Kyrie Sane who are in the corner of EO Sky? Like there's there's interesting things you can do there. I I think that 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 needs to while it's not going to be main eventing one yeah. of the nights, it needs to be given its proper time. That and I right and now. I always that worry about that because as good as Hunter has been. 
And he's even mentioned this a couple of times in press conferences about trying to keep these cards yes. tight, right? And in, in terms of the number of matches, he doesn't want to overbook it because he wants to give everything its proper time. WrestleMania is different, right? Like WrestleMania is over, just it's just always just packed together. So I worry about something like that getting the time that it deserves because it has been a good story. No, that feels like something that easily gets lost in the shuffle of those two nights where, you know, we hear wrestlers say, obviously the main event is the spot they want, but the opening match is maybe the second most spot, important part. So if it's Bloodline ending nights one and two, the opening matches, I feel like have to be Rollins and have to be Rhea. So like Bailey and them just get lost in that situation. I don't know. I mean, they always put, you know, whenever they were doing these triple main events, WrestleManias, you know, again, roll nope. your eyes, yeah. you know, but, <laughs> but like Punk versus Taker was always towards the back. Sure. Like, so to me, I, I really, because I, it's been a while since we've seen that NXT Bailey, and I'm not talking about, yeah. you know, side pony. I'm talking oh, about like the Mania. one who put, what's that? We got to get that at Mania for that pop. Side ponytail, the wavy arm oh. guys. <laughs> A hundred percent. I'm a hugger, all yeah. that. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Bailey that put on the show that she did yeah. with Sasha Banks. Yeah. Like the, the Bailey that we know is in there that can absolutely go in that ring. And I think that if you put EO and Bailey to kick off one of the nights, you're not going to be disappointed. Yeah, no, that those two are going to put on a spectacular show. I agree. And that's it. Like, I think we're in a fun spot right now. Elimination Chamber, we're a little over a week away. The women's chamber right now, Becky, Bianca, Liv, still three more spots there. We assume that's going to be Becky. There's a lot to build off of. And as much as we talk about how WrestleMania is not for the hardcore wrestling fan, there should be a lot of those moments you're like, all right, this is fun. Let me kick my feet up. This has five-star potential. Yeah, absolutely. I think, again, they've, they've pivoted. They've got a long <laughs> way to go to get there, but there's a lot of potential certainly for WrestleMania 40. We like to... Talk about three other top stories going around in the world of professional wrestling. We call it our three counts. What's number one this week, Brian? We saw more seeds being planted last night for AEW Revolution, where Sting and Darby Allen will defend the tag titles against Matthew and Nicholas Jackson, the Young Bucks. Does Sting lose his final match? I think he does. It feels like that, right? <laughs> it kind of feels like he does. And look, that's not a Tony Khan thing. Because yeah. this is clearly, like, Tony has given to me two wrestlers just complete autonomy <laughs> over whatever they're doing. And those two wrestlers are Sting and Brian Danielson. Right. Like, those two can pretty much do whatever they want. Especially with Brian Danielson talking about this being his final year of full-time professional wrestling. Like, I think he's just kind of letting him, yeah, go out there and do whatever you want. And then, you know, magically somebody shows up to wrestle, you know, Danielson on collision. You're like, all right, well, I guess yeah. I got to watch this now. Oh, shucks. Got to watch, gotta watch a tremendous wrestling match. Wrestle you, Brian? Like, where do they work? Like, do you have their contact info? How does this work? <laughs> That's what we're yeah. at this point. <laughs> like, at this point, I wouldn't be shocked if, like, he wants to wrestle someone in WWE yeah. and they work it out. Like, that, that, because that, that's what's going on with Danielson. But I, this is obviously Sting on his way out mm -hmm. and stings an old school guy. And I think in the same way with taker, like it, taker winning his last match, wasn't really taker winning yeah. his last match. Cause it was one of those cinematic matches. Like it wasn't like the old school taker type of match, but this is an old school match. It's a tag team match and they're the champions. I don't see them just vacating the titles. Cause sting is retiring. Like what would give they're building up, Nicholas and Matthew Jackson as these monster heels. And what would give those two more heat 
then pinning Sting's shoulders to the mats, probably by some nefarious uh-huh. way, <laughs> and winning the tag team championships. Like, it gets those two mega heat. Like, we're talking, I think, if they do this right with Nicholas and Matt Jackson, which this is probably my favorite version of the Young Bucks yeah. since AEW has started. We're talking like six months ago, Dominic Mysterio level heat that you could get for these two if you do this right over the next couple of weeks. Well, along those lines, is that how Revolution ends? Is it the Bucks standing over Sting with the belt with the suits that still have the blood on it and you know, <laughs> WCW in the 90s and just trash in the ring? Is that how Revolution ends? <sighs> I mean, it can't, can it? Like, they actually then, if, if if Sting is losing, they actually then have to main event with the triple threat match, right? right? Yes. <laughs> like, if Sting was winning, yeah. then Sting can main event. But if Sting is losing, like, I don't think we can do that. But again, Sting's an old school guy. Yeah. And, and the way you always do it, whether it's you're leaving the territory, uh-huh. whether it's you're retiring... The, the old adage in, in professional wrestling is you go out on your back. Right. And, yeah, I mean, that would add so much to the box. Like, this character is amazing. Like, wrestling in the suits and the hat last night, like, they're doing everything. <laughs> that's just perfect. Wrestling in the suits yeah. was just, oh, it was so good. And actually but, changing the entrance music, like, not doing the whole, you know, Jericho's still playing Judas, even though he's a heel. Like, changing all that stuff, like, yeah, it would add a ton I just wonder if they have the balls to end the show like that because they keep billing Revolution like Revolution stinks final match. Revolution stinks final match. When they're talking about everything on that card, then it almost feels like that is the main event. It it, it does. I mean, I mean, and and you you've built it so much. Like you're going to Greensboro, yeah, because of the historic significance of Sting, right? It almost feels like if you would have done Ric Flair's last match <laughs> and Ric Flair's opening, right? Like right. Ric Flair's last match wasn't actually the main event of the card. It kind of feels like it has to be the yeah. main event. But also, I don't know how you close out a pay per view <laughs> in 2024 with Sting lying on the mat, looking up at the lights as Nicholas and Matt in their bloody yeah. suits are holding the AEW Tag Team Championship. I mean, you do it, and then Sting just sells for like 20, 30 minutes. We go off air, and then he says goodbye to the fans. Like, you do it that way, maybe? Well, yeah. I mean, yes. The, the goodbye <laughs> to the fans has to be done yeah. like, after you've signed off. Like, we can't have a Clash in the Castle situation. <laughs> like, can't can't have that here. Um, but again, it just feels... Everything, the way they've been building it, feels like... They feels like Sting's going out on his back. Yeah. Which, by the way, I'm completely okay with and a hundred percent respect. Because again, like it, it's it continues the business goes on without you, and yeah. Sting realizes that. And that's that's why that's the adage. You go out on your back because you want to give that rub to someone. And when this thing started, I'm like, oh, they're going against Nick and Matt Jackson. <laughs> But then when they became Nicholas and Matt and they continued to, you know, find Tony Schiavone a thousand dollars and they find the one, you know, production guy, $500 a couple of weeks ago. And they continued to kind of lean into that. Like this has been my favorite iteration and it would give them a really good rub, which I did not think I'd be saying, you know, a month ago, but here we are. And storyline wise, it makes sense. Passing the torch line, it makes sense. You can then have a, you know, 
ticked off Darby Allen, begin a chase for those two, maybe with a different tag yeah. team partner, maybe just being a vigilante and trying to be a thorn in their side by himself. Like you can do a lot of different things, I think, off of that. But if you're a, if you're a fan of Sting, I think you need to grow accustomed to the yeah. fact that in a couple of weeks here, he's going to be losing. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like I think we all sort of always thought the end of Sting would be him versus Darby, Darby getting the pin, getting that moment of going over his mentor. And then we saw him go this route, and we've seen the reports that he basically handpicked the Bucks. And the Bucks, as heels, as champions, going out like that, that makes the whole division stronger. Because now you have so many face tag teams. You have the top flights. You have FTR. Like, so many teams that can then chase the Bucks and hopefully elevate that tag team division to what it once was in AEW. By the way, thank God we're not doing Sting versus Darby. Really? Like, thank God. Well, I mean, I just... I imagine Darby doing one of those suicide dives and <laughs> I know Sting has taken, I, I know Sting has taken some calculated risks, yeah. you know, like, and who did he suplex off the stage and nearly missed the damn table? Yeah. Well, last, um, was it last week where he took the dive where it was very close the week they won the titles. Like he almost, yeah, his I'm a little close recently. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And like Darby being the speeding bullet that he is just flying. Like I don't, I don't need to see Sting actually die yeah. in his last match. And as hard as Darby, because Darby only has one speed. Like right. Darby can't like, oh, I'm going against my my mentor Sting. I've got to dial it back. Like that's that's not possible. Right. Like that's absolutely not possible. I just didn't, I would not need, as much as we were worried about when Punk came back and yeah. wrestled Darby Allen going, ooh, first match bat, <laughs> taking that suicide dive. Like I don't need to see an over 60 year old Sting taking that suicide dive. Yeah, his chest probably would not be ready to take Darby straight into it. So it'll be fun. I'm sure they'll do the tornado rules again. So that way you can hide them a little bit. But like, we know that match is going to deliver. This pay-per-view continues to be built out weeks in advance. Something new for AEW where if you look at the card now, I don't think they need to add a damn thing. They probably will add 10 more matches, but this is a damn good card we're going to have in a few weeks in Greensboro. Yeah. I, look, AEW has been putting on, some, I think, some pretty good television uh -huh. shows recently. Um, you know, going, and Tony Storm just continues her, her film last night was... Not shocking. She nailed it, knocked it out of the park. But even um, Deanna Perrazzo's yeah. like response to it, where she's getting emotional, clearly choked up that her friend changed the tattoo yeah. that they had together, but keeping it short and sweet. Like the the her retort to that was spectacular. Like they they've been doing a very it's it's one of the better builds they've done, especially in recent memory towards a pay per view. That's for sure. Completely agree. What do we got at number two this week? All right. Speaking of AEW, their future looking pretty bright. Three free agents seem to be headed their way to AEW. Rank them in terms of their future AEW impact. Okada, Osprey, and Mercedes Monet. So this is this is super easy for me. Number one, and then there's a gap after number one is Mercedes Monet. Okay. I think it's I think it's Mercedes. And look, I mean, we've already seen some of Osprey so in, in AEW, and I think that's kind of limiting. I don't think it's going to limit his impact, but the fact that he's not even there yet and you have to announce a match with right. him not being there, um, you know, kind of stings. And Okada at 36 at this point, like Okada's still going to be an attraction, right. but I just don't see him factoring in the way that Mercedes Monet is. Because the, what I think with Mercedes – and what they've added with Deanna Perrazzo and what Tony Storm's been doing. And once Britt Baker, I don't know where the bleep she's been, but once you add Britt Baker back into that with Thunder Rosa coming back, like this could be the best women's division in professional wrestling, which is saying something given the respect level I have of what WWE has right now. 
But I think that this has the potential with Mercedes Monet to be the best women's division in all of pro wrestling. And I think Mercedes is headlining that. Like, I think we could get, you know, more than just one or two women's matches, you know, on a pay-per-view. We could probably have up to like three in a two-hour dynamite if you tell these stories correctly because there's so much damn talent that you have on that roster. So to me, it's Mercedes Monet is number one. At 32 years old, she's still a star, and there's going to be some excitement around her. I think if you do it right, you can really elevate a lot of those other individuals in the women's division, and you can start building that thing where it could get red hot by the summer. So I agree with everything you've said. The one issue and the reason I don't put Mercedes at one is all of that should be true. That women's division should be the best in wrestling. That women's division should be main eventing shows. That women's division should have multiple matches on a show. But we haven't seen that yet from AEW. We don't know where Britt Baker is. We've seen Thunder Rosa come back, and now she's just sort of there. They're doing a great job with Tony Storm. They're telling those stories. The TBS title is even telling stories. The Willow stuff, the Julia Hart, Sky Blue. But there's been too much of, well, we started hot and there's not anything now to where I worry about what they're going to do with the women's division. Even something as simple as Soraya. Like, that was such a big deal and such a big get. And now she's just an afterthought and part of Rampage. Like, that's not where she should be. So that is my biggest concern when it comes to Tony Khan and the booking of the women's division. Which is fair, and I think you can say the same thing with Serena Deeb after she came right. back. Like, I enjoyed the vignettes that, yep. that she had as the professor of professional wrestling and that's really kind of gone nowhere. But again, you start running down and then you add oh, people yeah. like Athena to that list yes. that they have in ROH. Like I, you've got Jamie an incredibly Hater's deep, be I think, at some point, like remember how yeah. they got her. Yeah. I think there's, I think there's a lot you can do with that women's division. And I think that women's division could be the deepest that you have. So whether or not they actually give time to it, I don't know who TK would listen to in order to get that women's division hot. Um, but I think you've got an opportunity there. So that's why I would put, because look, I, I don't expect, like I expect Mercedes Monet to come in and be an immediate contender for the AEW. Women's As should be, yes. I don't expect, because we've seen Osprey around, I don't expect Osprey or Okada to be coming in and be wrestling Samoa Joe, maybe eventually, but I don't think that they're going to be wrestling Samoa Joe at double or nothing for the AEW World Championship. No, I think that's fair. And I think, you know, so I have Osprey top of my list, mainly because I know that we're going to get five-star matches whenever Osprey steps in the ring, because that's what he does. Like, we do our matches of the week. We should add the caveat. Matches of the week that don't include Osprey, Brian, or Swerve. Like, we see those guys every week. They step in the ring. They're going to deliver. So you have that aspect. I think there is something there to Osprey being on American television more frequently, being able to be found, to be on a Wednesday night to where you know that when he goes out there, it doesn't matter what company he's working for, he's going to give you that five-star match. But there still is reason for concern there also. I mean, we've seen it with Jay White, where he started off so hot, they protected him so well, and now he's just part of a mega group, and they're part of 12 man, and like just a very odd spot for him right now. And not everyone could be a world title contender every week, but just the thought of Will Ospreay in wrestling matches every week and him and Takeshi at Revolution, that's going to be a random middle-of-the-night ma- middle card. Yep. But that match is going to deliver. Like That's just what Will Ospreay does. Brug. Yeah, well, so I guess that's the other thing that I worry about. And I know, I think you and Jay Hood really liked his I've got stepkids, bruv. Yeah. I've got people I got to pay for, bruv, promo. I, 
I I did not think it was as strong as you guys did, and I still have concerns about him being able to step in the ring and tell compelling stories. I know he's going to put on my favorite match of the week. Right. I know he's going to do that. But can you can he step in the ring and tell compelling stories? I know Mercedes Monet can, and I know she will. Like I have no doubt that, like she's been very selective. Right. Mm-hmm. And very easily could have gone back to WWE, all the reports out there saying that it fell apart because of money. Look, I think she's going to be protective of herself. And I think she's going to have a certain amount of creative control, which is part of the reason why she ended up walking away from WWE in the first place, right. because she didn't like the creative direction of her and Naomi as the tag team champions. So I think she's going to make sure she's telling those compelling stories that we want to see that we're going to be interested in. Whereas I think there's a little bit more work that has to be done with Osprey and Okada. Like, I'm I'm just not more sure Okada fits in the wrestling landscape. Whether you decide with WWE or AEW, I feel at 36 years old, he's getting lost in the shuffle. Just because, again, like, maybe if he goes to WWE, he can be that guy who's putting on some great matches, you know, an hour or two of Raw. But I don't know what compelling stories they're necessarily telling with an aging guy who's gone through some things with his body because that new Japan style is so, you know, rough and physical. I think he can put on great matches. I don't know if he's going to be putting on compelling stories where I'm going to be like, Oh man, I can't wait to see what Okada does next week. No, I completely agree. And I think, you know, Tony Khan has to sort of prove that, but I do think there's something as we step back and like you put these three names out there and these are all massive wins for AEW. WWE would have signed up for all three of these in a heartbeat. They all chose AEW. And maybe it is as simple as Tony's got deeper pockets or the lighter schedule is more appealing. But these three that seem to care about what they do in the ring, they see the booking. They have friends over there. So there still is reason for them to say, like, no, this is where I want to work. And I think that says a lot about Tony Khan and AEW right now. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, he's got certainly more misses than Triple H, but it's not like Triple H's batting thousand over at WWE, sure. right? Like, it's not everything that they took. Again, they've they've already quickly pivoted on what they're doing for the main event of WrestleMania. <laughs> I would I would say that certainly Triple H has been booking better than Tony Khan, but I think that there are signs of improvements. Look, he's still really young and doing this thing. Right. Like he hasn't been doing it for a while. He wasn't like Hunter where he got to do it in NXT and kind of put together these different things and and kind of figure it out as he goes. But there have certainly been moments for AEW, and I think that they're maybe in one of those moments. Again, I go back to Double or Nothing 2022, where we felt really good about them, and it got it got derailed. The momentum got derailed by the first Forbidden Door, and I just right. don't think they've they've recaptured that. Where maybe now going into twenty four, maybe they can recapture some of that momentum that they had. Now, granted, at that time they had CM Punk, who was you know still one of the biggest stars in professional wrestling, but maybe this combination of these three can kind of fill that gap of CM Punk, and you still have those stars and compelling stories going into Double or Nothing in early summer. So you're excited to see these three are part of the CMLL forbidden door? Because it seems to be the path we're going. <laughs> That's... <laughs> no? Look, but look, I mean, you, you make that joke, but I'm fine with, like, the people they're sending there, right? Like, yeah, but you... it feels like they're going that path. Like, they've been fun matches, and the Blackpool Comic Club's going to Mexico, but I don't know. Well, yeah, but that's the thing. Like, you get those CML out, you know, you got those guys here. You got, you scratch our back, we scratch yours. We'll send some of our stars there. And, and look, that's also probably Brian Danielson, who, like, yes. for whatever reason, has wrestling in Mexico and CMLL on his bucket list before he, you know, retires. Like, that could be a completely Brian Danielson led thing where Tony's going, 
Really? That's what you... All right, Brian, go ahead. Go do your thing. There's a video going around. One of the guys who's wrestling in a few weeks in Mexico, Blue Panther, I believe. It's from like over a decade ago. Blue Panther sending him a signed mask saying, oh, we'd love to hook up one day in Mexico. And Brian obviously in WWE at the time says, oh, yeah, one day. And like, you can see the seed is planted. And now here we are in 24. Brian's like, yep, that's what I'm doing. Mexico, here we come. Like, <laughs> the guy makes, he's a psychopath. Oh, you got it. We've, we, it's well established. He's yeah. a wrestling fan. Look. We're the beneficiaries for it. Yeah. We get to see some really cool stuff from it, but that doesn't change the fact that Brian Danielson's a wrestling psychopath. Yes, it doesn't change the fact that I'm to figure out a way of how to watch CMLL and, you know, brush up on my Spanish and things like that, but it's where we are right now. Like, it's got to be on Fight, right? Like, Fight TV's got to have that thing. Like, there's there's no way that Fight, like, they're, they're going to work it out. Like, they're, they're, let, me, let me put it this way. It's going to be easier to be able to watch that than signing up for New Japan World and watching Wrestle Kingdom. Like, I think it's going to be easier than that. They got me for two months, but I do have some matches of the week from New Japan this week, so uh, there's a little (laughs) tease for you. Can't wait till we get to that portion of the program. (laughs) What do we got at number three this week, Brian? All right, we talked a little bit about the WrestleMania main event. Seth Rollins says he has Cody's back, so we're expecting a group effort to protect Cody at WrestleMania. Let's do some fantasy booking. What other surprise returns can have Cody's back against the bloodline at Mania? Well, so we're talking about surprise returns, like people who aren't with WWE right now. Because, like, clearly I think Sammy is going to be added. Like, Sammy's going to be added to this group, right? Like, especially with... imagine. Yeah. Like, anybody else. So, to me, the the one, a surprise return is John Cena, right? Okay. John, like, at some point, just because you have a lot going on there, Clearly Cena with Roman, but also Cena and Rock in the history that they have. I think maybe you can't get John for a full WrestleMania match, but for him to run in and give somebody an AA or a five-knuckle shuffle on one of the nights of WrestleMania, I'm sure John can find some time in his schedule to be able to come do that. I think that'd be a good one. The other one I had just for the nostalgia, just for us, you know, attitude era, the glass hits and you get an Austin Rock moment. I mean, come on. What else do you need? If that glass shatters, <laughs> Philadelphia is going to lose their damn mind. Yeah. Like, if that glass shatters, everybody is going to go crazy. And Stone Cold was just giving up. I mean, he was talking. I, I can't remember where he was doing the interview, but I saw some of the highlights this week of, you know, he thinks he's done, but never say never. He's got an opponent in mind, but he doesn't want to say who it is because he doesn't want to, like, put pressure on WWE to book this match. I mean, I think everybody assumes it's CM Punk. Yeah. Um, and like the interviewer asked like, oh, are you talking about CM Punk? And he's like, well, I respect Punk. I think he's a friend, all these different things. But like, I think, you know, that's been like fantasy booked for over a decade at this point. Right. Um, like when CM Punk was previously in WWE, I think everybody would love to see that. But if the glass shatters and Stone Cold starts handing out stunners, Yes, the place is going to absolutely lose their mind. And can Dwayne still take the stunner like he did back in the day? Like that big balance where he's like almost doing a handstand. Like, can he still pull that off? There's only one way to find out, Brian. (laughs) There's really only one way to find out, and that is to eat the Stone Cold Stunner. Of course. Like that is – so what? So we've got – on the bloodline side of things, you'd have – so four guys total with Roman – um, Jimmy, Rock, and um, Solo. And Solo. And the so, Heyman, he's sort of there. Heyman could take a bump. 
Yeah, I mean, Heyman can take a bump. He's not yeah. giving, you know, he's not making anybody take a bump. So then you just need, you know, like, four to make it. So you need three guys on the other side to make it even. Uh, so, that's, so Rollins, Sammy, Jay, you assume? Jay, yeah. And then, I don't know yeah. if there's... I don't know if there's anybody else from the uh, from from that massive family tree <laughs> that they put on display at the press conference that they can bring on bring in on the bloodline side where you just really make it start making it crazy with the Cenas and the <laughs> and the, uh, the the Stone Colds of the world. I swear to God, though, if I hear "I am a real American," blare through the speakers because they continuously uh, like. There's a lot of seed planting there. Yeah, I know. They're, he's just kind of peripherally there where they're trying Bad. to find a spot to put him and him <laughs> dropping the leg on someone during this match. Like, hopefully that, like, if, by the way, if this was still Vince booking, yes, Hogan would 100% be there. I, like, I would like to think that Triple H is smarter <laughs> than that, but that's not what we want to see. Uh, I don't know. Honestly, but the other one I throw out there, I know it's, you know, way out there and there'll be a lot of back scratching to make it happen. Any way to pull off Dustin for one night just to be there to help out his brother to see the world title win and just do something like that. I think you could do it. Yeah. I, I mean, come on. I mean, seriously, with all, literally all these other companies are working together. Like right. Impact has worked with both companies now at this point, with AEW, with WWE. And I know... Um, like impact work with WWE back in the day, which is how Christian ended up over there at one right. point. Right. Like, cause they, they were trying to figure out different things with the trade. Like I understand triple H thinks it's a piss hand company. <laughs> I understand that TK takes a shot at WWE every opportunity that he uh -huh. can get, but there's gotta be something you can do to work together to get, like you said, I mean, Dustin being there, I think, would be a really cool moment. Yeah. And, and honestly, one of my favorite moments in WWE in the last, God, how long has it been now? I mean, 10, so we'll call it 10 to 15 years just to make sure we get it in there. But like when, when Dusty was, when Dustin was like on the brink of getting fired and then they tag together and Dusty comes back yeah. is in their corner and they win the tag team match together as the Rhodes boys. Like that was a really cool storyline that they did. So I'm sure Dustin would love to be there. Clearly has a history within WWE, but I can't imagine like he's got bad blood with anybody like oh, anywhere, like anywhere. Right. He's one of those guys who work out like a one night only trade somehow. And then, you know, in exchange, Rollins eats a pin from Osprey on an AEW show. And that's a beautiful one. <laughs> We're good to go. Wait, that's the trade? Like, yeah, you, get, you get Dustin for one night and Seth yeah. has to come to Dynamite yeah. on a Wednesday? Yes. I mean, I was, no. you know, I was thinking maybe like KO or Sammy. I, wouldn't, I wasn't going right. to the top of the, I wasn't I going to the top. Well, or maybe if we get like, I'm, I'm trying to think of a, great tag team match they could do you know like you could do usos versus nicholas and uh matthew jackson okay i'd be okay you know, with that like, or new day versus them. The something new day like that always talks about that so a new day young bucks all right i'd be fine with that yeah yeah like some of the icon like iconic tag yeah. like an iconic tag match or something like that but but no okay i mean look <laughs> seth rollins versus osprey yeah. like admittedly would be awesome i can't imagine that Hunter would survive the social media backlash of getting fleeced in that trade of one night only appearances. But but you get I, I would love back to see Dustin get to be there. that moment. And look, 
he could just be gold dust in WWE too, right? Like you don't have to use the name Dusty yeah. uh, Dustin Rhodes. He doesn't have to be the natural. You don't know who just it is. Have him be gold dust. I mean, we saw yeah, exactly. He's gold dust. without a mask at last year's Mania. Big swerve there. <laughs> <laughs> Negative one. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, look, I think there are a lot of different directions you can go here, but clearly they are hinting at building up some sort of army, which is, again, what you need sure. in order to actually defeat. That's why the, the promo that Rollins delivers has so much weight to it because, hey, this, is, this isn't this is Cody's best chance. This is our best chance, right. making the collective WWE-type thing so he can build up this army that's going to be in his corner to battle whatever's going on within the bloodline. I, I think that makes sense And having some sort of surprise return and somebody cleaning house and helping out Cody. Man, as... As cool as it would be to even hear that glass shatter, having dust in there, I think would have like the, the place wouldn't pop right. if Gold Dust's music. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there would be a mini pop. Like, it, just people lose their mind when they hear the rocks and Stone Cold yeah. music. Like, it's just a different <laughs> level for those two. But I think the amount of tears you would see as those two embraced after Cody yeah. won the championship that their father couldn't win, like. There wouldn't be a dry eye in the damn building. Yeah, I mean, we saw those two literally do that to basically launch AEW and the two of them in the ring and having that embrace. And, you know, I need my brother. Like, that would be unbelievable storytelling. And I think everyone would benefit from it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm 100% there with you uh, on that one. Look, it's we're still we're still a ways away from it. I'm still hopeful they can continue to build the momentum to make me care more about Cody yeah. versus Roman instead of in – I think tomorrow night's going to be a big night. I think Friday night SmackDown is going to be a huge night with the bloodline, with the rock, with Roman being on SmackDown tomorrow night. It's going to be a huge start in that build for WrestleMania. Um, and, and hopefully, hopefully they make it worth it. And hopefully they start making me care more about Cody versus Roman instead of wanting Cody versus the rock Agreed. more than, than that. Or maybe they just lean into it and they give us Cody versus the rock. Look, I don't care. They, make me care about WrestleMania main events. And I think they're going to do a, a fairly good job of that. What do we got at news and notes this week, Brian? All right, let's start with some injury news in AEW at Rampage tapings last night. Jeff Hardy took a standing bar knee to the head, did look concussed, had to be helped out by doctors. Uh, unfortunate for Jeff, because he's actually been on, uh, I mean, oddly like hot streak. I know. Putting on some pretty good matches in AEW. Um, so yeah, just, just unfortunate that that happens, but you know, again, it's professional wrestling and these types. I mean, uh, hopefully he's he's good to go in a couple of weeks. He can, can kind of continue some of the things that he's been doing because he's been putting on some fun, compelling matches on Rampage. In the WWE, Shotzi had her NXT Women's Championship match at tapings ended early this week due to a knee injury. She has been replaced in Elimination Chamber Qualifier by Alba Fire, facing Tiffany Stratton on Friday night. Well, I've... I think it was pretty obvious who was winning that match anyway. Um, can't imagine Stratton's losing to a replacement. And look, they were they were building up Stratton anyway with her return. So she was going to be in that match. Unfortunate for Shotzi because she has been pretty prominently featured, I think, on television. She's gotten some matches on SmackDown, getting that spot on NXT. Hopefully it's not a super serious long-term injury for her. Also uh, on social media this week, speaking of Tiffany Stratton, her and Ludwig Kaiser, a wrestling couple. So that going around this week. Really? Yeah. So congrats to him. Um, elsewhere, <laughs> AEW QT Marshall is back in AEW after leaving the company on December 31st. Less than two months later, he is back in the company. Dave Meltzer says his role will be in talent development, and he will not be in an on-air wrestling role. 
Yeah, so I think a part of that he can continue to wrestle wherever, obviously outside of WWE. Um, Which makes sense. Again, maybe, he's maybe, the current Coastal Championship Wrestling World Champion down here in South Florida. Shout out to CCW. <laughs> um, also, can you imagine like they <laughs> they can't come to terms on Dusty, so they send QT <laughs> instead to be in in the conversation we were just yeah, having. Yeah. And QT Marshall run in there. Different level. Yeah, different, certainly different <laughs> levels there. Um, I mean, look, I, I think having him back is a good thing. I think he was, by all reports, doing good things behind the scenes. And this is these are the type of people that Tony needs to have and Tony needs to trust, yep. right? Like, allow these people to do their job. I think it's a good thing that the company showed they can repair these types of relationships and welcome them back into the fold. And I, I think maybe he, some of his frustrations were the way he was maybe shown on TV and decided to walk away. But again... Now that he can just focus on a behind-the-scenes role, that's going to be good for him and the company. The weird part is, like, he was very vocal about, like, oh, AEW is going in a direction, like, I don't agree with. Like, nothing's really changed in AEW. Like, could this be as simple as he thought Cody would get him a job and Hunter's like, no, we're good? Very well could be. <laughs> very, very well could be. Because, like, yeah, like, I mean, QT, like, some of the stuff they did with QTV mm-hmm. was fun. But I don't know if he ever put on like a really compelling match that I absolutely loved, right? No. Like, Him versus Paul White didn't do it for you? Yeah, not really, <laughs> unfortunately. I, I completely forgot it was a thing, to be honest with you. <laughs> Finally, news and notes. Speaking of WrestleMania, LA Knight on the bump says he wants Usher to perform yeah for his WrestleMania entrance. Um, but here's the thing with yeah. <laughs> Does that mean you got to bring in Little John? You mm-hmm. got to bring in Ludacris? Like you got to bring in everybody, right? Or you're like because those were the guys that stole the Super Bowl halftime show anyway. Right. Like those those were the two. Like Little John showing up and yelling "Yeah" and "Okay" as he does. Like, and then Luda absolutely killed it. So, so maybe he just wants Little John. I think that's what LA Knight's really saying. He's like, I sort of like this song. Yeah. I need someone to say "Yeah" with me. Yeah, exactly. Like, and that's who Little John is. Right. Like, you don't need Usher. No. You just need Lil John there with you. That's that's the guy who you really want. And that might I be think more that's the affordable. guy who everybody wants to see. Like from an Endeavor standpoint, might be more affordable to get Lil John than Usher right now. A thousand percent. <laughs> A thousand percent. I mean, Hunters know I mean they've they've broken the bank before uh-huh. and you know they've gotten some some acts to play guys to the ring. Like, I can't imagine getting Usher <laughs> to sing you to the ring. And again, when Lil John, when he's the one saying the, the things you want him to say. Yeah. Yeah. Are are we sure LA Knight's going to be on the WrestleMania card? Mm, him and Styles? I guess. Mm. I mean, they've he's cooled down considerably. Yep. Considerably. You mean you don't have him winning the chamber next week? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. I thought about saying yeah just to say it, but un- unfortunately the answer is no. No, I do not. Yeah. I think we know who's winning chamber next week. Yeah. We'll see. And he's a big guy who has apparently yet to sign a contract, even though he's being advertised for some shows that re- reportedly go beyond the contract. Adding zeros to that contract. He's doing his part. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And look, and maybe maybe they're playing hardball with him because they know that, hey, you're a big guy. You don't make sense over at the other place. <laughs> I don't know. He's going to be there. He's going to make some money. Like, I'm very interested to see what he does this time around. What did you have for your match 
is of the week. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to start with New Japan. You said New Japan. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for these New Japan ones that you have. So they had new beginning this week. Uh, it was uh, Sunday here in America, Super Bowl Sunday. No word on if Taylor Swift made it there in Japan before coming to Vegas. But this is going to come shocking. Brian Danielson was in a match. He was facing Zach yep. Faber Jr. And oh. it was really good. So. Funny, I, I would have never thought that those two would have been able to put on yeah. a, a world-class match. Yeah, so that happened. So that was really good. That was definitely the best match on the card. And just seeing Brian do his thing and continue to get these matches, these dream matches, it wasn't as good as their Forbidden Door, but it still was a really good match, and it was cool to see that. And then also that night, Okada, it was his final time wrestling in Japan for New Japan. Um, not a great match. But still, you know, him getting that moment, getting the emotional entrance and exit, I thought that was a pretty cool moment in New Japan. So check that out if you have not canceled New Japan World yet, which I have not. But <laughs> From Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, I'm going to get them this month. They're not going to get me again. Um, other matches I had, DIY versus Butch and Tyler Bate from SmackDown, I thought was pretty good, which isn't yeah. surprising with those four. From Raw, I really enjoyed Zoe Stark and Liv Morgan. Sure. And it was different, but like the two of them just getting some time to work, I thought was really good. And the other one I'll throw out there, uh, Mox and Dax from last night on Dynamite, which isn't surprising. Yeah, like again, not shocking. Like every time Dax wrestles as a singles competitor, like he puts on, I mean, A, he's never going to win, but he ends up putting on a great match. I mean, he had a streak of those last summer where he was wrestling as a singles guy. And yeah, him, I saw I had Mox versus Dax certainly on my list. I like the trio's uh, match from Raw that kicked off Raw on Monday with um, the New Day yeah. and um, Jim and, and Jay Uso taking on Imperium. I thought that was a lot of fun. They gave it a lot of time to kind of kick off the show, which, by the way, was kind of... I mean, they haven't done it all that often where they actually start with a match on yeah. Monday Night Raw. Usually it's somebody coming out with a promo um, to set something up for later. So I, I, I also enjoyed that that was the start. What they... Hey... Let's start with this kick-ass wrestling match on a wrestling show. I thought it was, you know, something. Uh, and speaking of guys who kick off match or kick off things with kick-ass wrestling shows, even though he didn't kick it off, usually Orange Cassidy does kick off his match with Ishii on Collision on Saturday night. Like, look, I mean, I understand that Ishii's, you know, he's up there in age, yeah. doesn't move, but it's it was still a fantastic match. Yeah. Like it was still a lot of fun to kind of watch those two on collision. And the chops. Um, so like, I really enjoyed that. With the two of them were like, or just trying to get, yeah. Like, oh. like that was fun. <laughs> well, again, yeah. Like, and, and I still can't believe they made Orange Cassidy wrestle a death match last night. Like that was yeah. an interesting decision. So on that, like um, that is the main event. I thought was very odd last night. Yeah, I, I don't know, but a, a death, if you do a death match, like you can't do a death match at 8.45, right? Yeah. Like it's got to close out the show anytime you do a death match. It was one of those things where like, I didn't even know going in, I was like, what's left? Like everything I feel like that was advertised was already done. I know that it is a schmozzy finish with Copeland and Garcia, which I thought was going to be the main mm -hmm. event. I just thought that was odd last night. Yeah, I mean, that's what should have main evented it, like going off the air with... Doing a right. concerto to Copeland like seems like a good way to end it, but I don't know. When you again, when you do a death match, there's just so much crap you have to clean up afterwards. Which I did. The, the, my favorite part of the death match last night was the Valentine that he got. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's in the box. Oh, it's thumbtacks. That's what's in the box. Um, 
but yeah, that was that was not the OC match of the week. I like the one from, yeah. from Collision. Um, also, Garcia versus Shane Taylor from Collision yeah. um, was pretty good. And Collision just continues to deliver. Like Collision continues to be one of my favorite shows of the week. Like it's not skippable for me. Like it's it's just damn good wrestling every week. Well, and people are starting to catch on. I yeah. think that the number it did, you know, was was one of the better numbers they've did on a Saturday night. And look, they're not going to be getting, you know, a million people watching on a Saturday night for a show. But I think they're, I think TNT has to be pretty happy with that, which makes me sad because there is, as a note, uh, there is no collision this week. No, I know. No collision at all. Damn no collision because of... Yeah, NBA All-Star festivities, NBA All-Star Saturday night taking up TNT. And usually when they've done this in the past, I'm, look, I'm, I'm just glad they're not like tagging it on with Rampage or something on a Friday night and trying to do it that way. Just this is the smart way to do it as long as all parties are cool. Like, hey, let's just cancel this. Let's let's get back to it next week. It's not that big of a deal. So that, that does seem like Eastern this week. So adjust your life accordingly. Yes, because they have other yes. things going on with the All Star festivities. So yes, make sure uh, make sure you adjust your DVR if it does not adjust <laughs> automatically. Um, although although again, I don't know what you're going to be missing if you don't tune in. Yeah. Other than Jeff Hardy, like if you don't want to see Jeff Hardy get injured, then I guess don't worry about it. <laughs> so tomorrow is now taking um, out both parties. So, so congrats to him, I guess. <laughs> remember, he gave Matt that Great. concussion when he took that fall off that thing, and then you know they kept wrestling. Yeah, uh, great. <laughs> Wrestling, though, again, I think we had there. There was a lot of good action, a lot of good action to choose from this week. Make sure you're subscribing on YouTube. If you listen to us through podcast, we thank you. I understand it's a lot easy for a lot of people to watch, but if you want to see the show as well, comment, subscribe, check us out on YouTube. We also put up some different videos throughout the course of the week. Just go to YouTube.com/slash at Good Karma Wrestling. Leave a comment uh, and subscribe. Check us out over there on YouTube to check out the video portion of this podcast. Next week, Jay Hood will return. This has been Good Karma Wrestling.